When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast from Mobile, Alabama, in my room at an Airbnb in downtown Mobile, in his hotel room somewhere closer to the stadium. It's Fran Duffy from PhiladelphiaEagles.com joining us for his maiden appearance on the PHLY Eagles podcast. Fran, how are you? Bo, I'm doing great. Uh, it could be better. We're, we're in Mobile, Alabama, one of our favorite places to visit uh, on an almost yearly basis. And uh, it's beautiful weather outside. It's uh, It couldn't get any better. This is the nicest weather yes. I can remember. Uh, and like to a detrimental degree. And like everybody was walking around today with a burned face. I had to buy a hat today because I didn't want to get okay. a yep. second burn on the top of my scalp. Like uh, you take a you, you take a shower and you find out where all of your bald spots are. Yeah, it was, and you never know what to expect because you and I, we've been down here where, like, in between practices, people were racing to the local department store to buy like winter hats and mittens. And mm. uh, we've been here, obviously, like during torrential downpours where things get moved inside. And we've seen tornado watches and tornado warnings. Uh, I know that was my first trip here. Um, but uh, today, I mean, it's uh, the last two days. It's been mid sixties, uh, sunny, not a cloud in the sky. Uh, it could, it's going to be the same thing tomorrow. It's beautiful. Now, in terms of the view, uh, there are some longtime sickos who will be wondering if we're going to get a pan down to the thigh for this episode. But <laughs> for now, it's just uh, just upper chest and face. Uh, you did uh, you did bring up the fact that I've wore, been wearing shorts all week. And yes, uh, once I saw the weather report, I said, yeah, I'm going to embrace the fact that I'm going to wear shorts. So uh, the eagle fly in the sky lives. OK, uh, let's we, you know, we got a lot to get to this. This uh, this may take a while, so we might yeah. as well jump right in now. Zach, of course, has been paying attention to to all these guys. He's a college football sicko, as you are, to uh, maybe even a, a more extreme degree. But for me, uh, the Senior Bowl is like the introduction to draft season. I think there are a lot of Eagles fans who are uh, similarly aligned. And this is our Senior Bowl quackatology, Senior Owl quackatology uh, for the old timers. And what we're going to do, We're going to have 64 players who are here in Mobile, and we are going to whittle it down to the most likely player to be drafted by the Eagles in the spring. Now, 
what we're saying here is I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a player and a round. So you're gonna you're gonna try to match what's gonna be appropriate value. And if there are ties to break, then we can talk about you know fit for the Eagles potentially. The Eagles we expect have the 22nd overall pick in the first round, two second round picks, a projected third round compensatory pick, and then four picks in the fifth round. So there are gonna be a lot of round five matches here to come. Uh, but uh, if you're ready, friend, I'm I'm ready to hop right in. Born ready. The moment you said uh, we were doing quackatology, I said, are we doing a field of 32 or 64? And I, I'm glad that you said 64. So we're, we're, we're going to break it down here. All right, let's start it off. The first player, the number one overall uh, selection here. What I did, and I got the 64, and I, I randomized it. So this is these are all okay. randomized matchups. Uh, there's no chicanery of getting uh, Rick Pitino against his former Louisville team here from the corrupt co- co- selection committee. This is all by the books. So we've got Alabama Edge, Chris Braswell in the second round. Okay. Or Miami Safety, Cameron Kitchens in round three. I, I do think that Kitchens is more likely to go uh, ahead of that point. So I think that Braswell really? going in the second round, I think that Braswell uh, has a pretty good chance at uh, the second round. Uh, he, he is a first round caliber athlete. Um, only a couple starts to his resume was still even this year as a redshirt junior uh, came off the bench for most of this year. Uh, so I do think that the, the small sample size may ding him a little bit. We haven't really seen a player like that come off the board in the first round as a pass rusher. And so uh, I'm going to say uh, that that is probably more likely in round two than Cam Kinchins in round three. I think when you look at Cam Kinchins from Miami, uh, this was a former four-star recruit, three-year starter for the Hurricanes, really explosive athlete and a, a violent hitter down uh, downhill, uh, has all the tools you're looking for to be in every down safety. I would say one knock uh, that I've seen on the film that I've watched, it, his angles can be a little bit better playing downhill and sideline to sideline. Um, that is something that can be, you know, some guys are able to correct and some guys are not able to get over. Uh, he's got outstanding physical tools though. And so, um, you know, I've seen, he's in a lot of round one mock drafts. When you look around, I don't think he'll go first round would be my guess. Uh, but I do think that that's a very tough, talented player likely not on the board round three would I, I would be surprised if he went off the board in the third round. Three here as well uh theoretically for the eagles tell me if you agree with this friend i was i was talking about this uh in the stands we are the we are the same age right in your mind do you have sort of a romantic um hope and connection we don't scout the helmet but a miami defensive player doesn't that just sort of give you a little bit of a tingle it does for me <laughs> I mean, look, you know much more about the, the story, uh, the Miami program. We know, we know that, you know, lyrics to songs, uh, you know, from that program from years past. But um, I mean, look, at look oh, I was actually having this conversation at dinner last night, uh, ironically enough, too, about, you know, Miami and Florida State and like that rivalry when Miami was hitting on all cylinders. And uh, clearly the program has not been to that level. I do think Mario Cristobal uh, is a possibility in terms of a coach to kind of uplift that program. We've seen Steve Sarkeesian do that at Texas and get them back on the national radar. Uh, I'm hoping uh, that they're able to do that down in Miami. Okay. Uh, I like that. Now kitchens, uh, we should say, obviously a new defensive coordinator for the Eagles. There's some debate about, you know, how, what, what's going to be more of a priority for overhauling the personnel. Is it going to be linebacker or safety in this, in this Vic Fangio defense? We know that Sidney Brown is coming off a torn ACL. You've got Reed Blankenship, who looks like a good player, but has had some injury issues. Certainly they're going to need to add somebody there. And obviously we know that they will have to add somebody at linebacker. 
is this supposed to be a good safety draft if we're talking about a day two safety? Yeah, I think when you look at the group overall, it's a it's a pretty talented group. Uh, I wouldn't say that, you know, there's no one, you know, it was a couple of years ago when Kyle Hamilton was seen as, you know, a lock for the top 15, a potential top 10 pick. I, I don't think you're looking at any of these players in that vein. Uh, Cam Kitchens, I think, is arguably the best safety here in attendance. I would put Cole Bishop from Utah uh, right there in that discussion. There are a couple of players that aren't here that I think, you know, would warrant even potential first round uh, possibilities. Tyler Newbin from Minnesota uh, is a senior, a fifth year guy that I was a big, big fan of when I did his film over the summer, looking back at last year. Um, and he is not here in Mobile, but uh, he is a guy that would not shock me if he went in the top, you know, 35, 40 picks. Uh, and then after that, it's really going to come down to like flavor. It depends on what you're looking for. I think Newbin is one of those guys that is really kind of scheme diverse. Um, but you look at Kinchins, uh, kind of a pure free safety type. You know, Jaden Hicks, who was initially going to be here from Washington State, uh, he was going to be here and he pulled out late, I believe, due to an ankle injury. Um, but he's a big safety. He's more like the prototypical strong safety now uh, in today's league. And you go right down the line, there's a bunch of guys that kind of fit those different archetypes but aren't quite as scheme diverse. So it'll be kind of a beauty in the eye of the beholder. But it's a it's a good group. I, I do kind of like the safety class. Okay, we'll move on now uh, to the next matchup. South Dakota State running back Isaiah Davis, who yeah. has had a couple little flashes over the past yeah. couple of days. Or your boy, Southeast Missouri wide receiver Ryan Flournoy. Okay. Uh, we're, oh, we're, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Isaiah, both in the fifth round. Both in the fifth round. <sighs> um, so, oh, okay. I, I, I do like both players, uh, both guys coming from lower levels of competition. Uh, Isaiah Davis running back. Uh, he was one of the first acceptances to the senior bowl a couple of months ago. Uh, I kind of like, I like the way he plays. I compared him to James Connor in that he's a, he's a little bit of a bigger back. Um, Six foot two twenty. There you go. Yep. So he, he's got that frame. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of juice. That's like the big knock. He's not like a breakaway runner at all. But he's kind of smooth, and everything he does is really is really natural. Uh, he catches the ball pretty well out of the backfield. We saw a little bit of that today, uh, and he's I think he's got a, a decisive feel as a runner downhill. And so I do like Isaiah Davis. Um, fifth round does feel about right to me, but in this running back class, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of disparity in terms of how people see players. And it wouldn't shock me if he did uh, get drafted a little bit earlier than that, maybe even in the in the fourth round. And so um, I think I'm going to go with Fl Flournoy. Uh, I believe it's Flournoy from, uh, was it Southeast Missouri, right? Uh, yes. And I think when you look at, I actually studied him last week because he was a late addition uh, to this game. And I was excited to get into him because I knew kind of, he was a, he was a former Bruce Feldman Freakless guy over at The Athletic. And uh, so I, and I knew he's a big body guy. So I was, uh, you know, I was excited to dig into his film. 6'1", 200 pounds. This kid can run. He was a reported 4.35 by Bruce Feldman. Uh, a lot of the other test scores are really, really impressive. The shuttle times, the, the the jumps through the roof would be, you know, in the 80th, 90th, 95th percentile across the board in a lot of those numbers. And so when you look at a guy with that size, with those athletic measurements, okay, do that? Do they show up? And I do think in spurts that they do show up on tape. But what stands out to me more, he's a great blocker and he's really, really tough. And the reason why I think that that matters for a kid like this is that he's not a polished player right now. And we've seen that he's not like a, a, a great technician as a route runner, but if you're big and fast and tough, he's going to get drafted and he's going to play special teams early in his career. It's like that Mac Hollins, like archetype as a, like early on uh, in your career. And so uh, I do think that when you Good get job going with Mac Hollins and not Riley Cooper class, uh, I do think that he can make it. So uh, I think that Flournoy in the fifth round makes more sense. I think Davis could go a little bit earlier. Okay. 
Good job. Good job using Mac Hollins and not Riley Cooper as the comp for that type of player as a fifth round pick. Sure. Uh, next up, we've got Notre Dame by way of Wake Forest quarterback Sam uh, Hartman in round five. Hashtag go or Deeks. another ya boy, Oregon defensive lineman Brandon Dorless in round three. All right. So. Hartman is going to be tough. He's played a lot of football, uh, a lot of football. And I think that that experience will carry him a long way. Uh, Four-year starter at Wake Forest, then goes to Notre Dame, starts that fifth year last year with the Irish. Um, You know, we've seen some flashes of him here. Uh, Not the most gifted quarterback in terms of like arm strength. And and he's not like a a power thrower, but. um, No, I will say just to, just to step in for Zach, handsome young man. Of course, and I'm not willing. I'm not afraid to to admit that. Uh, you know, I know that Zach uh, that that's one of his foibles is his inability to do that. But yes. uh, I do, I do think when you look at uh, Sam Hartman, uh, he is a uh, he, he look he, he knows how to operate the game, right? He's played again. He's played a lot of ball. You're not going to fool him with a lot of the stuff uh, that you're showing him, and that, and that does show up uh, on film. I think when you look at Dorless. I think he could go earlier than that. Uh, okay. He's a player. Look, he. I, I think you and I were talking about him this uh, today um, when we did our our, our play by play for the you YouTube page. Um, check out and he had a, a really nice YouTube. speed move for a win. And I, I made the comparison uh, Doorless to Milton Williams. And cause I've been studying Doorless for two three years now uh, at Oregon. He's been on the radar for a while. And he is a true like DN D tackle hybrid player. He came in under 280 pounds. He's a great athlete. A lot of his best reps come on the inside, much like Milton. That's why there are some people that will list him as a D end. And he, he even played a mostly D end this year at Oregon. But I, I think his future is on the inside. Uh, and I'm going back and forth. I think it is more likely he falls to round three. Than I'm going to go. Yeah, I will step in here and five. say I, it doesn't make sense to me for the Eagles to use a fifth round pick on a quarterback when they've got Tanner McKee. If you're going to I'm willing to buy the Eagles adding a quarterback. But to me, if they're going to do that and take that swing, you're talking like a round two, round three guy, which it would be kind of wild. But feels a little duplicative with Tanner McKee. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you get into the uh, like the the Eagles vacation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. But I think that when you look at uh, just like a grand scope, um, I could see Dorless falling only because of like the the tweener label. I think some will give him. Uh, I don't think that that's as big now uh, as it was, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Brandon Dorless, so I'll go Dorless here. Okay. Next up, we have. The uh, highly rated but injury-prone North Carolina State linebacker, Peyton Wilson. We're seeing round two here. Maybe that is Rich. Or uh, Wisconsin offensive lineman and delicious dinner, Tanner Bordellini in round five. In round five. All right. So uh, let's go. Let's start with Bordellini, uh, who has had some moments. He's had he's had some nice plays in, in, in uh, pass rush one on one. Some nice stops there. But also, uh, I think when you look at uh, some of his downsides, uh, he, that, that has shown up as well. Uh, I know you you pointed out that he got uh, hit with a bull rush yesterday. Day one of practice that didn't go well. He got beat a couple times today. And some of the reps that I saw, uh, I do think he's solid. Uh, I think that day three is route, route right in terms of value. Um, but then when I get to Peyton Wilson, I'll, here's what I'll say about Peyton Wilson. I think that if he were, if he had a per- perfectly clean bill of health, I think you're probably talking about him in the top 45 in the draft. Like, I think he is like that kind of player. He would have come out earlier in his career would be my guess as well. Um, he's a sixth year senior. He's a sixth year senior. Uh, so a little bit older. 
Uh, but other big reason for that is that the last couple of years have kind of been marred uh, by injury, uh, as particularly the 2021 season uh, was hit hard. And then he was kind of coming back in 2022, still played 11 games, um, but wasn't really fully healthy until he got uh, to this year in 2023. And so um, to me, you watch Wilson. Uh, this is a guy that impacts the game in a lot of different ways. He can make plays in coverage. He's got great feel for playing in space. He can man up and he can play in zone. He can blitz. He's a great blitzer. He's a really aggressive run defender. Uh, the arm length, little bit of a concern that came up uh, this week uh, from when he got when he got measured here in mobile on sunday but i think when you look at his overall athletic profile you look at his instincts you look at his toughness um those are all things that i think translate really well but the injuries are that's going to be the big concern um you know just the stuff that's been reported in the media uh, he missed uh, spring drills in 2018. Uh, he missed time. He missed uh, the season in 2018 after a knee injury in the summer. Uh, he missed one game in 2019. He missed a couple games in 2020. Uh, and then he had dislo two dislocated shoulders. He played He played through the year in 2020 with two dislocated so shoulders, got surgery, missed all of spring ball, and then re-injured them in 2021. And so um, has not had anything major in the last two calendar years. Uh, no but thing. Th th that's something that, that was an issue, right? So um, I think when you look at Wilson uh, – I think his skill set screams NFL starter, uh, but it's going to be the it's going to be the off field stuff. If, if he were healthy, I think round two is where you're talking about with him, though. So um, I think with the medical stuff, probably more likely that a Bordellini goes in round five than a Wilton go, Wilson goes in round two. Yeah. That said, I think uh, whoever is taking him in round three in this scenario is going to feel pretty good. I think that's a nice dice roll to take on Wilson because I think the, the upside is certainly there. Turns 24 in April, and it should be said, looks eerily similar to Dallas Goddard. Uh, I didn't think that when I saw him today, but you're absolutely right. You're, I did not, it did not hit me off the top of my head, but he does uh, have a very eerie resemblance to Dallas. All right. Congratulations to Bordellini. Uh, moving on. Houston Christian Edge, Jalix Hunt, the yes. former, what is it, Cornell Safety? Cornell safety uh, was play, So he played DB in the Ivy league and then transferred out and got moved to linebacker and pass rusher. He's a pass rusher this week. How does that make a Cornell defensive line coach feel? <laughs> well, that's what I, what I reached out to a said Cornell defensive line coach. He was like, well, he played safety for us. I was like, oh, all right. Well, you can't give me uh, too much. He gave, he gave me a little bit. I mean, basically early in his career at Cornell, they just said like, go find the football, like, you know, mm. just run, run and chase and find the football. Uh, and uh, now as a pass rusher, he's actually had some moments. Uh, it, it hasn't always been pretty, um, but he, he had a couple nice rushes and one-on-ones today. Uh, he's, he's got decent size. He's a linear guy, obviously as a safety playing edge rusher, but um, you know, he's, he's got some juice. He's got some athleticism. It would not shock me if he goes uh, early day three uh, in this draft. I don't even know where you've got the, uh, what's, what's our round label. This here. is round five for okay. Felix Hunt or Minnesota tight end. Brevin Span Ford in round five as well. Span mm -hmm. Ford, a guy that you and I have talked about on the sideline, mm -hmm. looks the part, big, big old tight end body, not the most uh, electric athlete, but a guy who can, who can block. Yes. Uh, I one like of my him. favorite tight ends in the class, to be honest, he's a little bit older, um, but I think mm -hmm. in terms of this is a guy who knows what he is. And that is one of the best blockers and maybe the best blocker at tight end in this draft. He takes that job very, very seriously. Almost 6'7 and 267, big old fellow. And he, he can move a little bit. It's just. Yeah, uh, he, he's not a complete stiff. Athleticism, it's not, that's not going to be uh, his calling card. But this is a guy that I could envision like, okay, for four straight years, he has like eight catches a year, but he still gets like legit tight end two money because he is a plus blocker in the room. And his quarterback really trusts him. Right. <laughs> of course, as we know. Um, no, but I think when you look at Span Ford, I would say fifth round is like keep it on the fairway. And I think that there's some variance there with Jalex Hunt. Like okay. I, I could see him go fourth round. A team falls, falls in love. He goes to Indy next month and blows it up. Or 
he goes to Indy and he doesn't test as well. And it's like, all right, well, it's a transition to a new position coming from a low level of competition. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe he goes to round six, round seven. Um, so I want to go with Span Ford uh, here in round five. In classic Quackatology fashion, we are through five matchups and it's been almost 20 minutes. Yes. Uh, time for a matchup right. of safeties here, Fran. Oregon right. State's Keaton Oladapo okay. in round five or Georgia and Philly guy mm. Tyke Smith in round three. Ooh. So I like Tyke Smith a lot. Uh, I think he's a really good football player. Started his career, like as you mentioned, a Philly guy, went to West Virginia, played early on, and then transferred up to Georgia and got hurt basically right away. Uh, so missed the, the, a couple seasons there and then was a, was, a, uh, was a backup two years ago and then became a full-time starter for the Dogs this year in the slot. I thought he was really good. I, I thought he his tape showed uh, an NFL starter inside. So um, this is a guy that's instinctive. He's tough. I think he's quick enough. I didn't think the athleticism was a major concern, but that is a question that some have had with his upside is does he have the athleticism to be in every down nickel in the league? And so uh, me personally, I don't have that concern. Round three might be uh, to me, like, again, me personally, I see round three and I'm like, yeah, I like that for Tyke Smith. I don't know that he's universally viewed that way. Um, and then to go back to the uh, to the other safety, you said it was Oladapo, and I, yeah. I like an Oladapo. You said it was round five. Yeah, I like Oladapo, um, but and, and that's first, right first around the range. Where I think he comes. Nice smile the board. He's kind of like that prototypical strong safety type. Uh, I like the physicality. He showed up in coverage a couple times today. Actually, had a PBU against uh, Brevin Span Ford. I remember in the uh, the post practice one on one sessions. Um, oof. I think it's probably more likely Oladapo goes in round five, though. I think that's the more likely outcome is that he ended up being a round five pick as opposed to Tyke Smith, who I like in round three, but I don't know that everybody else does. Okay. Next up, we have uh, a big, strong, powerful man in round two as a possibility. Do the Eagles need another nose tackle type with maybe some pass rush upside? Texas's Tavondre mm. Sweat in round two or California linebacker Jackson Sermon in round five, Jackson Sermon doing a little bit of a, a little bit of showboating today at practice, doing doing a little uh, celebrating. The uh, the latest addition to the uh, to the senior bowl roster, he got added literally like the day we all showed up uh, on Monday uh, was a surprise because I did not know he was going to be down here. Uh, He's been a little flashy. Of Pete, of Peter Sermon, uh, I don't know if you remember the, the former Titans linebacker. Son. Um, so, yeah, so it's the son. I believe okay. I'm, I'm almost positive. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, I'm going to do this just to make sure. Um, Jackson Sermon, yeah. Zach Berman checking in on the chat. Very happy. Well, well, right, Philly guy. Is that a super chat from ZB or what? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there we go. Philly guy is all you need to say. Um, no, I. but to me, uh, hmm. Sermon around five might be a little rich. And now this linebacker class, I think uh, there's, there's a lot to be decided there, but I think that might be a little rich. Uh, so I'm going to go away from Sermon here. Okay, next up, uh, the other Georgia safety who is here, Javon Bullard in round two, or uh, a bit of a speed threat, a guy who has uh, made a few deep plays this week, two-lane wide receiver Jaquan Jackson in round five. I'm going to say Bullard in round two. Um, Bullard came in a little bit undersized this week, a little bit smaller than people thought. Uh, and that would make you think, okay, well, he's got to be a nickel uh, as opposed to like a pure safety. But the problem is, is that Tyke Smith was the nickel this year for Georgia. Uh, and so now you're projecting. And so, you know, I think he'll probably need someone to really fall for him um, to, to make it into round two. 
That said, uh, I think he has a better chance of going that high than Jackson does of going around five. Um, Jackson's actually had a good week, though. He's been, he like has him, outperformed yeah. my expectation, I would say. He's, he's done a nice job uh, this week. He made some tough catches going to the ground. I'm going to be honest. The American practices have been a bit, a little bit of a slog to get through, oh um, but he has been a bright spot uh, for those pa- for that passing game. It's wild. I mean, it's crazy how unproductive those practices have been. A little slow, uh, a little, uh, a little tempered. It will say I, going over and watching the O line D line with that group today uh, made it seem a little bit yeah. faster because they're bringing the juice over there. There's a lot of violence, a lot of collisions over there. Um, but when you're watching the 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 offense work and team and the seven on seven, it's uh, it's a grind. Uh, okay, congratulations to uh, to Bullard. Next up, we've got oh before we before we move on, we got a super chat from Gavin who says he's given two hundred pennies to say what's up to my guy Z Berm. <laughs> what's up Z Berm? On behalf of Gavin, like uh, the other Davis running back who is here, Kentucky's Ray Davis in mm-hmm. round five, or one of the highest rated players here, Oregon State tackle Talis Fuaga in round one at twenty two overall. Fog is going round one for sure. Uh, he, he's a round one guy. Um, Ray Davis said round five. Temple made, by the way. Uh, started his oh, first really? couple years with Temple and then transferred to Vanderbilt. Spent two years down there with the Commodores and then transferred again for Kentucky this year and had his best season uh, in college. So uh, a fifth-year guy, uh, excels at making people miss, a, a tough, physical, instinctive runner, doesn't have a ton of breakaway juice, but I think there's something there. And anyone that watched uh, the SEC this year, Davis was one of the more productive players uh, in the league this year in the in that conference. That said, uh, Fuaga is a, a lock first-round pick. Um, so, you know, he, he is a, a, a rock-steady offensive lineman. Uh, I know Daniel Jeremiah or had Bebop. a top 10. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Francis is obsessed with uh, Turtles right now. So that was – Is he? Uh, was, yeah, oh, he's completely obsessed with, it's, with Turtles and Super Mario. That's, that's Who's his favorite Turtle? What's that? Who's his favorite? Uh, Leonardo because he's the leader. So nice. That's a, a sign of, uh, of where his, his – uh, his ar- archetype is but um, that's good because yeah. I, w- I was obviously a Raphael guy because i'm a sarcastic a-hole and look who i yep. grew up to be so, i was yeah. a, i was a Raphael guy as well yeah. um but uh i think when you look at, at fuaga he he is not uh, this offensive tackle class is outstanding it's a really 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 good group and i think once you, you kind of hash it out you know you talk you basically if you poll 100 people who have watched them uh you're gonna get all kinds of different orders for the top four five six seven guys and some people are gonna have fuaga at three some people are gonna have fuaga at seven some people are gonna have him at five um, but everybody kind of agrees like this guy is going to be a long time nfl starter all right next up we've got uconn offensive lineman christian haynes in round five or uh the, here's the guy the tight end here who i think i have liked the most though just the way he moves Kansas State's Ben Sinat okay. in round five. Uh, I believe it is Sinat. Sinat, uh, like yeah, Reed right, Sinat. Um, all right. I think it's more likely Sinat goes in round five. I think Christian Haynes is like round two, round three. Um, really? Yeah, he's he's a really good player. Uh, this is a, he's a really athletic. He's only played right guard, and that's probably the biggest concern. Not concern, but that's, that would be the biggest knock that I would have. Six, on two and a half, 318 for Christian yes. Haynes. Yes, uh, but he's got long arms. Um and he's got some power to him. He's athletic. He's really tough. Uh, he's looked good in pass pro this week. He's small he's hands smart though. Player. What's that? Long arms, small hands. Interesting match. Yes, one of one of those guys. Um, but he, I was really impressed watching him on film. I was excited to see him in person this week. Uh, and he has Matt. He had a really good week. I know talking with. Uh, O-line, uh, O-line guru himself, uh, Brandon Thorne, was impressed uh, with Christian Haynes over the last Big couple flex. of days. So um, I, I would say Haynes going in round five is 
probably not going to happen. So I'd have to go the opposite way there. Okay. Next up, Western Michigan edge Marshawn Neeland mm. in round five or Auburn safety Jalen Simpson in round three. Hmm. This is a good one. Uh, I think both of them are right in the right in the correct wheelhouse. Um, Marshawn Nealon is going to be a guy that I think a lot of people are, a lot of scouts are going to like, and a lot of coaches are going to like, because he's, he's really long. He's really disruptive. He was really productive in the Mac for a long time. Uh, he's got an excellent motor. You see that physicality show up here in the practice field. He's got some athletic limitations. Uh, he's, he's got length, but it, the explosiveness, the twitch is not quite there. Uh, but I do think he'll be one of those like coaches pet types in terms of his play style. Even there, there was a play where he got knocked on the ground. I want to say it might've been Fawaga that knocked him over. Um, and Fawaga went to go knock him up and Neilan like swatted his hand away. I was like, get, get out of here. Like he's just, he's got like that kind of play personality. Um, I think it's more likely he goes in round five then Simpson goes in round three. And I, I like Simpson. He's like a pure free safety, really explosive, really rangy. He's made some nice plays on the ball. He's jumped some routes uh, in team and in one-on-ones uh, so far this week, uh, a converted corner. He's really light though. He's a hundred and he's under 170 pounds at safety, like extremely, extremely light. So um, that could be a thing that would bump him to day three of the draft. And so I will go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with Marshawn Neeland in round five. Okay. Now you said that those were, in their wheelhouses, friend, you just teed me up because I've listened to the show plenty about wheelhouse because they are our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as t-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell and Ness 47 brand, Junk Food Starter, Starter, and Zach's favorite, Shibe Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Well, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop in to either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. And one way to get money to spend on cards is to save money at rocket money because rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want anymore, I can cancel it with a tap and I never have to get on the phone to deal with customer service. Nobody likes talking to people except for Zach. They will even Try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money to negotiate and lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. All right. Behind schedule as usual. We're about the halfway point, and we are far from the halfway point. <laughs> we'll try Let's and go talk. faster. Hey, by the way, if it's not, if Quinion Mitchell is not the next one, it's a poor, uh, poor segue from you. Uh, Toledo Rocket coming off the Rocket Money read. Uh, that's pretty good. But I can't argue with the randomizer. Yes, you know, I can't I cannot play a role. It has to be fair. So instead, we've got just a big old man. You want to save a lot of money? You get a big man. (laughs) Kentucky's offensive lineman, Jeremy Flax, 6'3", 
65360. Mm. He goes, this is a round three option. Or Jerry Rice's son, USC wide receiver Brendan Rice in round five. I'm going to go Brendan Rice round five. Uh, he's a little bit stiff. He's not super explosive. He makes some nice plays through contact. He's got pretty reliable hands. Uh, I think he is more likely to go round five than Flax, who was a late addition to the to the, to the senior bowl. Uh, him going round three, especially in this tackle class, I think would be a surprise. Okay. That was an easy one. Good job. That was an easy one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Georgia wide receiver Lad McConkey in round okay. three. All right. Uh, or Duke defensive tackle Dwayne Carter in round three a couple of round three face-offs here this is a good Wayne a Carter couple. we talked about uh on the uh, one-on-ones had yeah. you know, like one of the most impressive reps of the week on uh Tuesday but uh I don't know does he have enough upside as a pass rusher right. who knows that that's the concern three-year captain for Duke um so you know the intangibles uh like Steve Wojciechowski yeah yeah the, the the intangibles certainly seem to be there with him um I think when you look at McConkie, uh, he kind of gets pigeonholed uh, as a, like a slot only guy. I think that he's more than that. Uh, he's uh, one of the best route runners in the class. He's got, he's got really good hands. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how he tests next year or next month in the, uh, in the combine. I think he's going to test a little bit better than people think with the, the vertical speed. Um, and if that happens, if he, if he goes like, you know, four, four, six, you know, four, four, eight, uh, I think that he could go in the second round, uh, especially yeah. when you factor in the the entire package. So, um, I'm going to say I'm going to say Dwayne Carter round three. I, I think that that feels right for Carter uh, and McConkey. I think there could be some variance there. Okay, next up we've got Florida State defensive tackle Braden Fisky, mm. Frisky Fisky in round three, or uh, the guy who like had one of the most impressive practices of the day, just completely dominated and wrecked a session. And that is Kansas's edge, Austin Booker, in round three. Mm. Interesting body types here. Uh, Fisky is a really sawed-off defensive tackle. Started his career in the MAC and was extremely productive at Western Michigan with Neyland, uh, and then transferred down to Florida State and kept that production going. Was an All-American this year for uh, Florida State. It was one of the best players on that defense. Really short arms, but extremely high effort. Good first step. Uses his hands well. Really disruptive against the run and the pass. Round three feels about right. He's going to be another one of those guys that I think people fall in love with from a like a coaching standpoint. His like play personality. Um, and then you said the uh, the other one was um, Austin Booker. Austin Booker, third round. So the reason why his body type a little unique. He's six four and a half. He's two hundred and forty pounds. He's extremely lean. He is like is like uh, a beanpole the way he is built. Um, so I think there's going to be questions in terms of like okay like uh, you know how much more weight can he put on. Uh, has not played a lot of ball at all. He's a redshirt sophomore who only played this year. Um, I, I think I said to you on the uh, on the stream today uh, that he has played less snaps than any edge rusher drafted in the last decade, at least the ones Fewer. that PFF has charted. And so uh, you're talking about a small sample size with kind of a unique body type. Him going round three without having like the the superb production would be a little bit surprising to me. So uh, I, I will go with uh, with physical Fisky, uh, Frisky Fisky uh, there in round three. If it's Fisky, then it's risky. There we go. All right. Uh, next up, we have the they have the uh, they they have like the the monitoring of the guys, and this is the player who on day one was the fastest player on the field according mm. to the tracking, and that is North Carolina wide receiver Devontez Walker. We're talking about him in round five here, or mm. arguably the best player here, Oklahoma tackle Tyler Guyton in round one. And uh, I'd like to use this opportunity 
to apologize to Julia because uh, I requested Guyton to be the picture on the episode today, except I wrote Jalen Guyton. And she's like, who is Jalen Guyton? She, she knew she was doing this. I got nothing on Jalen Guyton. No, no, Tyler Guyton. So thank you, Julia. There you go. Well, Chargers wide receiver. Uh, Jalen That's Guyton. right. Um, yeah. I think Trevor Guyton round one is the safer, the safer bet. Now, Tez Walker uh, started his career at Kansas State, was productive, transferred to North Carolina this year, and actually had to sit out the first half of the year because there was like weird things with the NCAA trying to get him, uh, you know, trying to get him uh, able to play. Uh, so missed the first few games, but he's a big body vertical threat. Daniel Jeremiah had him in his mock draft, uh, in his first mock draft 1.0 last week, uh, and then was in his top 50 that dropped the other day. Really? Uh, I think you you would say that that's that's surprising. You, you I can okay. see on your face that that's surprising, and I I would agree. I I don't necessarily view him as that kind of a player, um, but you look at big play potential at that size. I mean, there's there's going to be fans for uh, for him around the league, and so it's like um, last year. Was it? No, it was two years ago when Jeremiah's top fifty came out, and he had um, uh, what's his name, the the Cowboys wide receiver, uh, from the small school, um. Oh, um, yeah, 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 the the South Alabama kid. Yes, and it was, and I was like, what? Yeah, uh, but then he ended up going, I think, the third round. So yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's I, I, I would be surprised if he fell all the way to round five, Tez Walker. Uh, okay, so, uh, and and Guyton at first round like all day. Um, okay, yeah, yeah so th- that one makes sense. All right, another uh, first round all day guy, most likely, and that is Oregon's Jackson Powers Johnson, yeah. your boy, or Arizona uh, running back rather, Michael Wiley in round five. Uh, Powers Johnson round one all day. The the only knock you would say is the sample size is only a one year starter, but check every box you want uh, in a center for interior offensive line because he's done it at guard as well uh, this week and uh, as a backup earlier in his career. Uh, but he is outstanding, and we'll, we'll, we can talk to, talk about him a little bit. But he's been. Uh, arguably the most impressive player here this week. If you're just like, if you came in blind this week and all right, who's the best player uh, powers Johnson has checked every box you would want uh, from an offensive lineman. Okay. Uh, next up we've got, Oh, this is a rhyming matchup. Nice job by the randomizer here. Uh, Houston tackle Patrick Paul, who has the longest arms uh, on his team. They, he is six, seven, three thirty three with over 36 inch arms okay. uh, or Baylor defensive lineman Gabe Hall mm. in round two. So we've got Paul versus Hall. And you said Paul round three? Paul round three. Hall round two. Two. I think it's probably more likely that those are flipped. So this is a tough one because I think okay. that I think that this will probably be a, a round two exit for either one of these, whoever does advance. Okay. Um, I think it's probably more likely that Patrick Paul were to fall to round three than to Gabe Hall to advance to round two. Hall, uh, Gabe Hall, the Baylor defensive lineman, was a, a freak list guy at Baylor. Uh, has been a three or four year player for them. Um, he is built like a Charles Amenahu, kind of like a D tackle DN hybrid. He's really athletic. He makes plays against the run in the past. He's flashed this week, but his film is a little up and down. Uh, I think with Patrick Paul, he was in first round mock drafts uh, and still is uh, at times. Is it Patrick um, Paul or Paul Patrick? It is Patrick Paul uh, okay. and his brother, uh, Washington uh, offensive lineman, Chris Paul. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. So there's I went uh, to school with Chris Paul. The, uh, the, the other Chris Paul. Yes. Um, go Deeks. Uh, I think when you look at Patrick Paul, uh, he probably goes round two. Uh, so I, I'm going to go. Oh, let's let's say Patrick Paul, because I think there's a better chance of him going round three than Gabe Hall elevating uh, all the way up to round two. 
Okay. Uh, next up, a guy that we uh, paid some attention to today, Washington's Roger Rosengarten mm. in round three. Okay. We're talking about uh, not Henry Rowengartner, but right. Roger Rosengarten, or Tulane quarterback Michael Pratt in round five. I think it's probably more likely Pratt in round five. Um, Rosengartner's got, he's got some fans, uh, all around the league. He's a little bit inconsistent with the level of play. Uh, and I know there were some that thought he should have gone back, uh, this past year. Uh, obviously there's been a lot of turnover at Washington, both on the field and on the sidelines. So it makes sense as to why he would come out. Um, but I think when you look at, uh, Michael Pratt, he's a, he is a very intriguing player homeschooled through eighth grade, did not play organized football until what? ninth grade until high school. Hold on homeschooled through eighth grade homeschooled through eighth grade i mean i gotta do a lot of homework on that <laughs> in the scouting process and i think that that's fair I, and it's it's especially you know we, we've there's always stories every year of like oh like you know prospect x like didn't play football until ninth grade 10th grade it's rare that that happens with a quarterback it's very rare that you talk about a quarterback prospect who did not play um you know until now that said he was a four-year starter at Tulane. That's actually really impressive that he'd only played quarter. He only played football for a couple of years and then got a D1 scholarship and then started as a freshman and then went on to be, he had to be the winningest, winningest quarterback in, in program history. Uh, did an outstanding job the last couple of years. He is a high variance player, really good touch thrower. He's really athletic and he's really tough. Um, and that toughness shows up in the pocket. The toughness shows up as a runner. Uh, he, he's a fun player to watch. Um, but unpolished player and a little bit of raw player still understandably so uh so i think that he could fall to round five i think that would surprise some people i know that there are some people that think that he could be like a round three round four guy um but we, we've seen quarterbacks like this uh, fall uh, at times so i think that uh pratt round five makes more sense all right next up we've got arizona's tackle jordan morgan in round three mm. he had a tough day today it looked like you know yep. just one practice but but he struggled today or the round what, one mock track he was like in the top 15 of round of yeah. round one mocks in like through from the spring all the way up through the fall Athletic, it cool off a little bit yeah uh or uh rice wide receiver luke mccaffrey in round five he is the brother of christian mccaffrey would the eagles dare the son him? of ed um that's right ed kratz <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you said the um, you said fifth round round three for Jordan Morgan round five for Luke McCaffrey. I think it's probably more likely round five for McCaffrey. Uh, Jordan Morgan. Um, I think that the round three makes makes sense for him. But I think there's been so much buzz about people liking him in round one that, OK, like he'll be value in round two uh, that round three almost feels like I, he probably wouldn't end up there. Uh, although I agree the tape can be up and down. And so um, I, I would say that Luke McCaffrey ending up uh, at uh, in round five is more likely. OK, another wide receiver now, uh, another white wide receiver, Michigan's Roman Wilson in round two. Roman Wilson's had a, had a good week so far. Yes. Or Rutgers corner, another brother of uh, an NFL player, Max Melton, the Rutgers corner in round five. I, I'm going to say Roman Wilson uh, in round two. Uh, he It's a small sample size because they didn't throw the ball a ton in Michigan. Um, but this kid, is he is quick in and out of breaks. He's a really sharp route runner, one of the best route runners here. Uh, and he, he made an outstanding catch at the end of practice today, one-on-one -on -one against Quinion Mitchell, who's been one of the best defensive players here. Uh, I would say Roman Wilson round two. 
I w- that would not shock me. Uh, we've seen guys from the Senior Bowl go around too, just this past year, and, and go and find success. Rasheed Rice, uh, the the kid, the, uh, the Michigan State kid that Green Bay took, Jaden um, Reed. Yeah, Jaden Reed, thank you. Uh, you know, you go back years and years and years. Uh, there's a line of, of those guys coming from Mobile, uh, going into the second round and finding success. And I could, I could see Roman Wilson Debo following Samuel that path. Among them. Debo Samuel, no question. Speaking of, a South Carolina wide receiver is up next. Xavier Leggett, 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 Leggett. Yeah. In round three. Okay. Uh, or TCU offensive lineman Brandon Coleman in round five. Hmm. Leggett's a bit of a bigger uh, wide receiver. He doesn't, doesn't, he's not the smoothest mover. No. Um, He was getting comparisons to DK Metcalf um, from a lot of the media folks Uh, and uh, round one buzz um, by, from some, and I, I would say we can probably safely assume that that, that's probably not going to happen, especially what we've seen from this week. He has not had a dominant week of practice. Um, He has, he's fought the ball a little bit. I would agree. He's not the smoothest mover. He needs to get a little bit better as a separator. And so uh, round three for a guy with that size, uh, his ability to be a ball winner. I I could see that. Um, I I think that's probably the more likely scenario. Okay. Uh, Next up Penn state edge, Adisa Isaac in round three. Okay. Um, and you, this edge group is, it seems to be a little bit down, right? Uh, or in mobile or just in general, you mean, uh, you tell me, um, I think that the group overall is pretty good in mobile. I would, I would actually agree that it's probably a little bit below expectation for a normal senior. Role. And it's maybe missing the whole group as a whole is missing a couple like top 10 guys. Yeah. I think that's probably right. fair. Uh, okay. I mean, Leatu Latu is a legit mm. round one guy, and he's here. Um, actually, a huge credit to him for being here. And I think also mm. the edge group also doesn't look great overall because it's going up against a really good offensive tackle group. Um, so that's mm. that doesn't help things. Okay, so we've got Adisa Isaac in round three or New Hampshire running back Dylan Laub in round five. Okay, this is, uh, this is uh, on the nose for both guys. I'm going to go – that's a tough one. So Laub is, a, is from New Hampshire, small school, great receiver. He had 12 catches for like 170 yards against Central Michigan this year. Um, he uh, he can be used. The, the, the week after that, had 33 carries. Okay, so you talk about like his like versatility as a, as a weapon uh, is impressive. Um, but Isaac is a guy that it was all Big Ten this year. He's a power leverage, like win to the point of attack, kind of a gritty player that way. He's not a superb athlete. He was getting some round one buzz from media types uh, in the fall. I don't know that he's he's not that level of player in my opinion, he's especially five, uh, in the group. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He's like he's that kind of like rocked up base end. Uh, but I could see him going round three, and Lob I could definitely see going round five. But I think you know coming from the lower level of competition with a niche skill set, uh, I think Isaac uh, is probably the more of the lock to go in the third round. Okay. Next up, we've got uh, someone who you said a, a potential sleeper for round one, but we've got him as a round two peg here, and that is Ohio State's mm. Michael Hall. Yep. Or Notre Dame's Marist Leofau in round five. Almost got it. That was a, the, yeah, I believe it's a Marist Lufau. Um, Lufau. Yeah, and. Uh, He's a, he's an interesting player as a linebacker. You use a loofah? Uh, no, I'm not a loofah guy. What do you do? I'm, I just go straight hand. Meat, meat hooks. Yep. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Respect. I mean, sometimes you have no choice, but it's not right. my number one option. Yeah, yeah it's just, you know, trust. You used trust to be a loofah guy in the old uh, back in the day. I think it was the initial season of of Birds with Friends. A listener uh, said that the, the loofah is not as clean 
as as it looks you go with the silicone silicone scrub so that's mm. that's what we have in the rotation now you know i haven't even thought about that and that's what but that person is a thousand percent right that is a, a, more of a reason to to not go with the loofah um that said, uh, Maris Lufau, uh, he's an he's an interesting player. He was not on Scout's radar at all coming into the year and had a huge season. Really rangy player, uh, offers versatility as a blitzer. Um, yeah, they list him to, as an edge, but he's been just playing. Yeah, off he's ball, an off. Yeah. I think that might have been a typo. Uh, okay. you know, from uh, you know whoever's doing the graphics. I, I, he's a he's a, a linebacker all day, um, and he's been working with the off ball guys in practice. So, uh, I think when you look at him, I think uh, you said round five. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, take Michael me back Hall to the first two. one. Michael Hall in round two. Michael Hall round two. Ooh. I think Alufa could go earlier than five. So I'm going to go Michael Hall at two. We'll talk about Hall in, uh, when we get to the second round. I, okay. I really like Michael Hall. All right. Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton okay. in round five. Right. Or Kentucky corner Andrew Phillips. Andrew, A-N-D-R-U, fun spelling, in round five as well. Mm. Um, Phillips, a two-year starter at Kentucky. And uh, – has basically not had like any production at all. He's had no picks, uh, a handful of, uh, of PBUs, no sa- no sacks. Uh, I think like one TFL, like just the, the ball production overall okay. just has not quite been there, but he's got traits and that he's like flashed here. He's this flashed week a little like, bit. Yeah, yeah, he has. That said, I think with the lack of production, him falling around five, uh, I think is, is a suitable outcome. Joe Milton is a, is a wild card. And, you know, Jim Nagy, you know, is after Milton committed to the game. He went on Twitter and he, I, I think it's a valid point. He's, and look, they're, they're not the same level of prospect. But, you know, when you look at Joe Milton, who is, you know, 6'5", what's he, 230, uh, he's an athletic freak and he can throw the ball through a brick wall. Um, he's got an extremely strong arm. He's got all the physical tools, only a one-year starter. Started his career at Michigan and was given the reins uh, as a sophomore. And he got benched after like two games uh, and then ended up transferring a couple years. Uh, the next year went to Tennessee, sat behind Hendon Hooker for two years and then took over as a starter. And the production was was solid, but uh, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, but the, the point that Jim made was if Anthony Richardson goes in the fourth round, like or sorry, goes the fourth overall pick. Like, what does that mean for Joe Milton? Like, uh, you know, he's not going that high. Right. Because, you know, because Richardson was so, so good last year. Um, but. You know, does that mean third round? Like, could he go fourth round? Uh, the tape, I would say, do- doesn't say a co- show a quarterback that way. Uh, and I think that even here, it's been a little bit up and down. The accuracy has been a little bit scattershot uh, throughout the week for Joe Milton. Uh, he completed a pass in seven on seven yesterday, the day one. It was the last completion of the day in team period. And he proceeded to do a standing backflip, like showing yeah. off that athleticism. Um but I think I got to go the other way. I think round five, it might be a little okay. bit rich. I could see him falling uh, into round six, round seven. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Utah safety Sione Vaki in round mm. five, or the aforementioned Toledo corner Quinion Mitchell, who has just been uh, nails throughout the week so far in round round one. Round one. Um, all right, we're going to talk. Well, it's going to be Mitchell. He's going to advance. We'll talk about yeah. him later. So I'll just really quickly hit on Vaki. Uh, red shirt, or actually a true sophomore safety from Utah, but he's more than three years removed from high school. And so uh, he was able to declare for the draft as a true sophomore, only a one year starter. Um, Kind of a, honestly, very similar to Sidney Brown. Um, I would say like a less polished version of Sidney Brown uh, in that he's like, you know, heat-seeking missile. He's built very similarly to Sidney Brown, probably not as stacked, like not as thick, but that same kind of compact frame. Uh, you want him playing downhill, like go find the football. Like that, that's when he's at his best. Um, I, I think that Sidney was a better player and Sidney ended up going third round. Uh, I don't think that uh, Vaki is quite to that level. The one wrinkle with Vaki, and we saw it today, uh, is that, 
he had, I believe it was like 75 or, you know, 73 carries as a running back this year, uh, played both ways for Utah uh, and ran routes uh, today during one-on-ones. And so, uh, and from what I heard, I was, it was when we were watching the O-line D-line together from what I heard, Look, he didn't look half bad for a safety running routes uh, down at the Senior Bowl, and so um, there's that little uh, that little wrinkle there with him. But uh, no, it's it's Mitchell all day round one. Very funny comment from Robin, who says uh, doing a backflip after you complete a pass feels like the apotheosis of act like you've been there before. First of all, <laughs> great use of apotheosis. Yes. Uh, second of all, I do like like I imagine like running a two minute drill, but he's got to do a backflip as he's going up to uh, you know call the plays. Very funny. I feel like uh, after we finish this pod, that might be something I try and do uh, onto the bed behind me. Uh, Very impressive. Okay, a matchup of round five options here. Mississippi State linebacker Nathaniel Watson or a great full sentence all-star here. uh, Virginia State corner Willie Drew, both Mm. round five. Both round five. Willie Drew and uh, you said Nathaniel Watson. Mm. (sighs) Willie Drew, a beautiful picture. Yeah. Nathaniel Watson, I think, could go earlier. It wouldn't shock me if he went day two. Um, He's been really disruptive. He's with that second practice, uh, you know, so it's been with the American team. And it's been, you know, again, a little bit of a slog. That defense has been all over the offense. I mean, they they have not let them get off the ground in the one team period we have watched every single day uh, with that group. Uh, And Watson has been at the forefront. A lot of those plays, you see him chasing plays down to the flat. He is a great blitzer and has been extremely productive blitzing from depth, blitzing off the edge. I think there's some there's some Michael Kendricks there. Uh, there's some I think some some Frankie Louvu there, uh, who's been mm. a, a good player for the Panthers the last couple of years. Um, but he's a little bit unrefined too. He's not like a pure like read it out linebacker. Like he's not he's not that kind of guy. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if he got a poor man's if, Willie Gay. Yeah, I mean sure. But let's throw this thing, you know and then take us to Willie Drew uh, at Virginia State, um, who moves pretty well. Uh, started his career at James Madison and then went down and transferred down. Wasn't uh, Drew Willie a guy? Yeah, Drew Willie was a core. Oh, man. Um, probably like the one of the biggest heartbreaks of my uh, football career, of my professional career in football. Drew Willie hitting Naaman Roosevelt on a Hail Mary, University of Buffalo, uh, over the Temple Owls, uh, up at UB Stadium. Just a, oh, no. uh, just a dagger. Uh, it, was, it was just terrible. Uh, Hail Mary, final play. Drew Willie, the quarterback, who I think had a cup of tea with the Ravens in the NFL. That sounds uh, right. Um, but uh, Willie Drew, <laughs> I don't think uh, – I, I think that he's less likely to go round five. Oh, so this is in Nathaniel Watson. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, I mean, Watson, I think, actually goes earlier. So, yeah, Willie okay. Drew advances. But right. we're going to get him out here. Just because you here. made the Drew Willie comparison, we yeah. got to get him out here. Uh, oh, so we're, we're sticking with Nathaniel Watson. Yeah, we, Willie Drew advances, but next round, he's out. He's Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, star-studded matchup here. The only the only matchup of uh, first-round picks. Oh. UCLA's – how is Layatu. it pronounced? Layatu Latu. Layatu Latu. Yes. And I'm going round one trade-up. So it's gonna it's gonna they're gonna have to move up for him a team or up, right? a trade down for BYU is Kingsley Suamatea. All right, so a team is a team more likely to trade up for uh, for Leatu Latu or is a team less or more likely to trade down for Kingsley? I think it's more likely that a team would trade down for Kingsley and tra- trade down and get Kingsley Suamatea because it's such a it's uh, such a, a stacked group. Yes, and uh, with 
Laatu Latu's injury history. Uh, he had a neck injury at Washington that forced him to medically retire, could not get cleared. Um, and he ended up, uh, you know, basically like uh, dropping out of football for a season. Kind of crazy. Reminds you of Jalen Phillips, right? No question. And he actually, he is a very, very similar player, like skill set wise, body type wise, he's a very, very similar player to Jalen Phillips. I, but I, I'll, I'll say I love Latu on film. I actually like him a lot more than I liked Jalen Phillips. But I think from a body type and skill set standpoint, uh, they are very similar. Um, I love Latu the player, but there's going to obviously there's a huge risk there involved. So trading up to get Latu on top of that risk, I think would sure. be uh, that's a double down of a risk. I don't know that a team would be willing to take. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's see if we can get through the first round within an hour <laughs> we've got five five more matchups we'll buzz through round. it'll be fast we got this oh the set yeah once you get yeah. i mean well, i say this every time the first Easy round straight. is more matchups than the rest of the thing combined we've already talked yep. about the players we'll we'll go quicker i can step in and do a little bit more eagles spin on the 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 nature of things yukon edge eric watts in round five or arkansas oh. center Bo limmer in round three no this is a different bow spelling this is b-e-a-u-x and our first bow of the uh, of the show. Yes, and there unfortunately, are four bow blade, three three bows here, three different spellings. Well, bow blade, the Maryland safety, did not make the quackatology. Right. Oh, four okay. including me. There's four also bow brack from the uh, PHNX. Oh, right. I didn't I didn't yes. know that. All right, well, all right. So, uh, bow limmer round three, Eric Watts round five. Yes. I love Eric Watts. Uh, he he's awesome. He's he to me like he's going to go day two. He's a big body defensive mm-hmm. end from uh, you know, from UConn. Um, explosive, violent player. Played deep tackle last year and then moved to DN this past season. Uh, the production has been up and down, but the traits are outstanding. And I think that teams are going to say like this is a guy that at worst can be like a third round demon for us. Like and we you know kind of move him around. Um, there was that that kind of that kind of player. Uh, is in high demand around the NFL, uh, even as raw as he can be, because he's not a finished product as a, as a rusher yet. Uh, I saw him put, um, who was the offensive tackle in one-on-ones? I mean, just, he went bull rush, like long arm and just put him right to the, I mean, just just completely put him into the dirt uh, and got home. So Probably I think Watts falling Limer. around five would be surprising. Uh, so okay. we're going to go with, uh, we're going to go with around three. All right, North Carolina linebacker Cedric Gray, who's flashed a little bit this week in round yep. five. Round five. Or Florida right. State tight end Jaheim Bell in round five. Ooh. Um, I think Jaheim Bell could go earlier just because he's like a, a really athletic, explosive Swiss Army knife. Uh, undersized tight end. He's built more like a fullback H-back type, and he's got speed to go down the seam. I mean, he's really explosive uh, and was moved all around the formation. He got carries as a running back. He's been used as lead fullback. He, he is a definite Swiss army knife type of player. Um, but I think he could go earlier. Okay. Uh, Penn state corner, Kalen King in round three, okay. or Georgia state linebacker, John Trey Hunter in round five. Hmm. All right. So Kalen King has been in first round mocks really since like his sophomore year. Um, as a, he was a true freshman starter for Penn state. Uh, and he's gotten beaten up a little bit, uh, I think by the community, just in terms of uh, the, this past season. And it wasn't his best year. Uh, he's, he's gotten knocked. He gave up some catches, uh, some big plays to Marvin Harrison. He had a couple penalties this year. Um, I would say like 
Marvin Harrison t- tends to do that to people. Uh, and so, you know, you don't want to knock guys too bad for uh, losing to an elite talent. I do think Kalen King is a good player. I think he's probably unlikely to go round one, but round three, I think would be surprising to me still, uh, even though he's got, he's gotten knocked a bit. So uh, I will go away from Kalen King. And we'll go with the other option here. John Trey John Hunter, Trey Hunter in round five moves on. All right. Utah safety Cole Bishop in round five hmm. or Kansas offensive lineman Dominic Puny also in round five. I think more likely puny in round five, just because of the depth of the offensive line class. I think in a typical year, he probably has a better chance of going round three, round four. Um, I thought puny had a good day today uh, and talking with people that watched even more. Uh, they, they kind of agreed with that sentiment. Um, I think Bishop could go round three, round four. Uh, I, he's one of my favorite safeties here. I said that earlier. Um, yeah, he's, I think, is one of those like do everything types, like a pure, like interchangeable player uh, that just doesn't have like an A plus trait. Like, he's not like super explosive. He's not super big. He's not super uh, strong, right? He's not, but he, but check all the boxes. Uh, he was a true junior captain, got guys lined up, um, was kind of like the captain of that defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I like a Cole Bishop. I don't think he falls to round five. So I think we'll go with Pony here. All right, last one of the first round. We close it out with a quarterback-quarterback matchup. Knicks and Knicks. Michael Penix, Penix yep. in round two, or Ooh. Bo Nix in round two as well. Oh, okay. So I was, I was just to see if you are going to do round one for either. I think more likely Bo Nix round, one, uh, round two. Um, Penix, the, the, the film can be really, really good at times. I just think that it's going to be tough for teams to get through the injury stuff. Uh, it was the first four years, I believe, of his career uh, at Indiana all ended in injury. He's been mostly health last two seasons for Washington, um, but even still, like, was banged up at times, uh, you know, like in game. And, like, we saw that in the national title game against Michigan, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that that is going to be alarming for some. Uh, Bo Nix, if you had told me uh, two years ago that we were going to be talking about Bo Nix as a second-round pick, uh, I would have said, you're crazy. Uh, he doesn't look like a second-round pick to me, just here. But Yeah, like, it's, he, it's but I'll tell you, man, like he's <clears throat> on film. He was extremely accurate, operated an off- that offense extremely well. Uh, and I think you know a lot of people will say, oh, there's the scheme, the scheme, the scheme. He's played for four different offensive coordinators in the last four years uh, and two in the last two at, at, at Oregon. So uh, it hasn't just been, oh, yeah, like he went to Oregon and that in that system he tore it up. Like uh, they had to get a, a completely new play caller, a new system uh, this past year, and he continued that level of efficiency. Um, I've got some of like the accuracy numbers and like adjusted uh, completion percentage numbers on him, and they are like through the roof, like better than any quarterback we've seen. So, isn't it like a tiny A dot? Isn't he just throwing checkdowns? A lot, a lot of screens. There's a lot of screens okay. in the office, but even taking that stuff away, uh, you still see that show up okay. uh, on third down uh you know his adjusted completion per- percentage on third down extremely high and they're not throwing a lot of screens uh on third down in that offense i, I think when you look at uh his body of work you know dan jeremiah had him in the top 15 uh with his first mock he had him go to the saints i believe at 14 i think that would be a little surprising um but i, I could definitely see round two uh for bonex what do you know about a jeff halfley uh, I, I like a Jeff Halfley. Uh, he, he was Darrell Revis's uh, DB coach at Pitt. Um, he just, uh, he just announced that he's going to become the Packers defensive coordinator. Wow. Wow. There you go. See, and yeah, you're going to see more of this with college coaches jumping in the NFL. It's just, it's just going to happen with, with the, the landscape right now. Um, it's uh, that's, I like that. I, I like that hire for Green Bay. Is he the one who replaced? Uh, he who shall not be named. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or was there somebody in between? I think there was there was somebody in between. Yes, okay. there was somebody in between. F that guy. <laughs> I'll let you say that. Yeah. Um, that uh, Halfley's a good coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. Okay. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're moving on to the second round. All right, here we go. This is, a, this is, you know, this is a good uh, time capsule. You know, if you don't know these guys, let's re- you, you, can, you can save this episode. You replay it in a couple months. See how it all turned out. Okay. Uh, Chris Braswell, the Alabama edge in round two, or Ryan Flournoy, the Southeast Missouri wide receiver in round five. All right. We talked about both these guys already. Um, I think it's more likely. I feel better about Braswell in round two than I do Flournoy in round five because you know, he could go round six and I wouldn't be shocked. So I'm going to go Braswell round two. Okay. Brandon Dorless, the Oregon defensive lineman. You have a thing for Oregon defensive lineman that has uh, become a thing in round three or Tanner Bordellini in round five. I also have a, like, he is, he is my type. You know, I told you right away, like he reminds me of Milton Williams and I loved Milton mm. Williams coming out. Um, the, the, he's just extremely disruptive, man. Like he's so fast off the ball. He came in at under 280, which I was surprised. I thought he'd lean more into like, all right, let me add weight and, uh, you know, make sure that I'm a, I'm a true D tackle. Um, we'll see what he comes in next month uh, in Indianapolis, but I'll go doorless round three over Bordellini round five. Okay. Brevin Span Ford, the Minnesota tight end in round five, or mm-hmm. Keaton Oladapo, the Oregon State safety, also in round five. Hmm. I'm going to go Brevin Span Ford round five. Uh, I think as a pure like blocking tight end, like not offering a ton as a pass catcher, I think that that profile fits as a sixth year senior, uh, you know, could have come out last year, surprised some people going back. Uh, I'm going to go Span Ford round five. Okay. Tavondre Sweat, the Texas defensive tackle in round two or Javon Bullard, the Georgia safety in round two. Sweat has gotten some round one buzz. I don't think he's as good a prospect as Jordan Davis was. Uh, and obviously, I mean, a big part of Jordan Davis profile was that, uh, you know, he went to the combine and just completely uh, you know, shattered everything as a guy for a guy that size. I don't know that sweat's going to do that. How does he um, compare to like a Travis Jones? I think Jones was even more nimble. Uh, than, okay. than sweat. Yeah. Now sweat, I mean, he, he, the first day was a little rough, a little bit of a feeling out period. He was today. I today. thought he was really good. He had some yeah, really good reps it. today. Um, for a guy that big, he plays really low to the ground. Uh, and that showed up today. Um, uh, he is really strong. He won the outland trophy this year. I mean, he's one of the best players in college football. Uh, I'll go with him round two. Okay. Next up, uh, help me on Fuaga's first Talese. Talese, I believe. I mean, I like, Talese. Like, 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 yes, correct. Not like gay Talese. Okay. Talisi Fuaga in Tal- round Tal- one. Oh, you know what? It is Talisa. Talisa Fuaga. Talisa. Like, Talisa uh, Fuaga. Okay. Talisa. 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 Talisa Fuaga in round one or Ben Sinnott in round five. The Kansas Fuaga State Fuaga round one. That's easy. Yeah, Fuaga round one. Uh, Sinnott could surprise and go, you know, round four, you know, mess around there. I think Fuaga round one's a lock. Okay. Well, as we move on, we'll get a little bit more. Yeah, we'll narrow it down focus. Yep. Uh, Western Michigan edge Marshawn Neeland in round five or USC wide receiver Brendan Rice in round five? Good one. Um, I want to say, uh, hmm. I'll say Neeland round five because uh, Rice. I Someone's going to talk who... themselves into Jerry Rice 
Uh, you could definitely see that, uh, you know, where Brent, Brendan Rice, uh, you know, cl- climbs up and he goes a little bit earlier than expected. And, and look, I, I could also see like there are guys with that profile that surprise and go later than expected too. Um, so I, I'll go Neil in round five. Dwayne Carter, the Duke defensive tackle in round three, or it's never risky if it's Fisky in round three as well. Defensive tackle matchup. Very interesting one because both guys, I think, are kind of your prototypical three technique players um, and have some limitations. I think Fisky's more athletic. I think Carter's got the more traditional body type. Uh, both are going to be fine from an intangible standpoint. Um, both are pretty clean from a medical standpoint. This is a, this is a tough one. This is a, this is a coin flip. Um, let's do, let's let's work this out from an Eagles perspective. Then this one, who who is more, providing a skill set that the Eagles do not have more. They're both so similar is the thing. Uh, I would say, man, I would say Carter is probably more just because I think the the length for Fisky, I mean, he's got 31 inch arms. I I have the numbers available, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to go look them up. That's going to, that's like sub 10th percentile of arm length for drafted D tackles. It's extremely uh, low arm. So uh, I would say uh, let's go, let's go Carter here for that sake. Okay. Here's a fun one that, that I can take. Uh, because it's a matchup of round one offensive linemen, Tyler Guyton and Jackson Powers Johnson, both okay. guys who, you know, all, every expectation will be a first round pick. Yep. I cannot imagine them using a first round pick on an interior offensive lineman at this stage in the game. I mean, unless unless they're penciling in Tyler Steen as a right tackle moving forward, which would be a surprise, whereas Tyler Guyton feels like exactly the kind of player that they would be interested in as a get him in Stoutland U, develop him, and he's got the tools to literally be the next Lane Johnson. From what you've seen this week, who do you like more? Well, you know, part of it is because there just haven't been as much of mm-hmm. that afternoon, no, those yeah, afternoon yeah. practices. Um, I mean, Guyton looks to me more like a a 22 overall worthy pick, whereas yeah. Powers Johnson looks really good, but am I using that early of a pick on an interior offensive lineman, probably not. I, I made this point. I'm going to pull Zach here. Uh, I tweeted last night that um, to, that uh, the the NFL let Creed Humphrey fall to the second round, mm-hmm. and I was shocked by that. I thought that Creed Humphrey was a first-round pick all day long uh, just because he checked all the boxes, and I didn't think that teams would repeat that. Now, that said, Creed Humphrey was like a four-year starter for Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Jackson Powers Johnson, just one-year starter uh, at Oregon. So, will that small Which is interesting size? for an interior offensive lineman. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. Especially if you're going to be the center, like, calling the shots. Now, that said, like, he has also played right guard here at times and has been really good there, too. So, you know, it, you, know it, you might not view him as a center. Maybe you view him as a guard at 334. Like, I don't think he's got a body type that says, oh, he's center only. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that's going to be an interesting one. Okay. Uh, Patrick Paul in round three, the Houston long-armed offensive lineman, or Michael Pratt, the two-lane quarterback in round five? Ooh. This is a good one. Uh, I think I think Pratt may be more likely round five. Um, just because Patrick Paul has gotten enough round one buzz from like mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the true influencers in the mock draft uh, universe, I, I will say that uh, he is more likely to be in round two than okay. Pratt to jump up. All right, next up, we've got the B-Rabbit matchup. Uh, Luke McCaffrey against Roman Wilson. McCaffrey in round five, Roman Wilson in round two. I, I like Roman Wilson round two. Uh, yeah, we talked about his skill set earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, let's go Roman Wilson, Roman Wilson there. South Carolina wide receiver Xavier Leggett in round three or Penn State edge Adisa Isaac in round three? 
I like Isaac in round three. He he watching him, I was like, this guy is gonna be like a late day two type of player. Um, so that that's right, uh, right, right in line with that. Michael Hall, the uh, flexible def- or defensive lineman from Ohio mm-hmm. State in round two, or Andrew Phillips, the Kentucky corner in round five. Uh, I mentioned earlier to you today that I thought Hall is like the the possible round one dark horse that we aren't talking about enough. Um, hasn't played a ton. Uh, only a redshirt sophomore and was kind of a rotational starter. I think he only started like seven games this year. He was kind of banged up a little bit. 6'2", 280. Uh, so built like a pure three technique uh, or maybe even like a base end kind of, you know, kind of what we're talking about with Dorless. And then you turn on the film. He's extremely violent against the run. He's got outstanding power to push the pocket against the pass. We saw that. Honestly, the only rep I've seen Jackson Powers Johnson lose all uh, all week so mm-hmm. far through two days has been uh, Michael Hall uh, pushing him back in the pocket. And Powers Johnson kind of uh, anchored late, um, but that was the most I've seen anybody uh, get inside the pads and move uh, JPJ at all this week. So uh, to me, I think you look at Michael Hall uh, at that size to be as quick as he is, as explosive as he is, as powerful as he is, uh, it wouldn't shock me if he snuck in round one, but I think it's safe with the body, the, the body of work and the overall sample size to say round two. I am trying to like, you know, I, I fell in love with Perry on Winfrey here yeah. a couple of years ago. Cause he was just dominating practices. Like exactly the kind of player that I like, uh, you know, penetrating defensive tackle, but it was like, not what was on tape, right? He was, he was a, a very yeah. hit or miss player. And it turned out that he was, you know, not ready for, uh, prime time in the NFL. So I'm trying to be guarded against like the full flashes of a defensive lineman, but Michael Hall has looked, looked pretty good to me. Yeah. I, I like a Michael Hall. I watched him last week for, for the first time. There was literally one of the, uh, I probably watched him on like Wednesday or Tuesday, or Wednesday and thought like, God, oh, this, this guy is uh, he's got the goods. I'm, I'm excited to see how he tests next week. I think the buzz could continue building for him. All right. You already said that uh, Willie Drew, Drew Willie, is going to be eliminated here, and yeah. he will be easily eliminated by Quinion Mitchell in round yes, one. Round so one. That, easy. Yep. that's an easy one. Uh, Kingsley Suamatea as a trade down in round one, mm. or Bo Limmer, the Arkansas center, in round three. I really like Limmer. He was actually the last player that I watched uh, before coming down here. Uh, I watched him on Friday afternoon. Um, I think he's a really good zone blocking center. He's played some guards. Are there's there's position flex there. Uh, he's really tough. He's had a good week this week. He had one bad rep uh, uh, this week or today against Tavondre Sweat that we talked about earlier. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I can advance Limmer here. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Okay, uh, Cedric Gray, the UNC linebacker in round five, or John Trey Hunter, the Georgia State linebacker in round five. A little round five linebacker matchup. Yeah, I think very special. Yeah, I think Hunter more likely to fall further than that. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Cedric Gray here. All right, we close out round two with Dominic Puny in round five or Bo Nix in round two. The Eagles are not drafting Bo Nix in round two. Yeah, but you know me. I'm taking it from like a league. Yeah, I know you are, but I can step in. <laughs> um, I think I mean, Nix in round two round seems more likely. I think, so. okay. I think Nix for, for a team, yeah. For a team. For a team. Okay. All right. Sweet 16 time. I'll help Chris, you in the next one. He'll, he'll go out in the next round. Chris Braswell in round two or Brandon Dorless in round three. I would say, I mean, a round two edge from Alabama feels pretty down the middle for the mm. Eagles. Whereas a round three, like is Dorless going to be there at the end of round three, comp pick wise? I would lean Braswell, but you could convince me otherwise. Yeah. And I think that Dorless, like if Dorless went 35th, like mm. that wouldn't shock me. Um, whereas I think Bra- I think Braswell, that's right on the fairway. Him in the second round. 
Okay, uh, Brevin Span Ford, the blocking tight end from Minnesota in round five, or Tavondre Sweat in round two. I would say, like, are you using a round two pick after you just used a first-round pick on Jalen Carter and a first-round pick on Jordan Davis? Probably not, but that's how they build things. Whereas, I don't, I, are they going to use a fifth-round pick in a, in a blocking tight end in Brevin Span Ford? They For do the need some depth there. Yep. I, I do think leave. overall, this it goes back to the Bonix thing from like a minute ago. Uh, I think Tavondre Sweat in round two is much more likely, uh, just like okay. in terms of like range of outcomes. Like Span Ford, like could go in the seventh round, sure. could go in the third or fourth round. Like, um, yeah, you know, I think that Sweat in round two just makes more sense. We're talking like pure player value. Okay, uh, Talisa Simpson, Lisa Fuaga in round okay. one. Okay. Uh, or Marshawn Neeland in round five. Now, if we're just doing down the middle, of course, Fuaka is going to go in round one, it feels like. Yes. Um, and he go, I mean, Dan Jeremiah had him in, in the top. I think he had him fourth overall. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I remember right, he had him as the like the first or second tackle off the board. Um, okay. I don't know that he's going to go that high, uh, but, you know, I, and like I know Mel Kuyper had him high uh, in his mock draft. <sighs> Yeah, I think you got to go Fuaga yeah. round one, and we'll we'll narrow down. Uh, we'll specify as we get a little bit. Okay, I think on. we could do the same thing here with Dwayne Carter in round three against Tyler Guyton in round yep. one. Feel good about that. Guyton's yep. going round one. Guyton moving on. Okay. This would be uh, fun because I know the first time we did this, it wasn't like a lot of first round players that we were necessarily talking yes. about. This, this year, I did. This Although the really first time we did it, I believe time. Garrett Bradbury in round three won, and then he went in the first round or something there you like go. that. Right. Shows what uh, we know. Uh, okay, Michael Pratt, the two-lane quarterback in round five, or Roman Wilson, the Michigan wide receiver in round two? Hmm. I think the same thing on the variance here, probably, right? Yeah, probably. Um, I don't think it's like a lock that Roman Wilson goes round two. I think he's gotten he's kind of uh, danced his way to this point, but I think he's going to advance. Okay. Adisa Isaac, the Penn State edge round in round three. three, or Michael Hall, the Ohio State defensive lineman in round two? Michael Hall, moving on. Okay. Uh, Quinion Mitchell in round one or on. Kingsley Suomatea as a round one trade down. Oh, but on the trade down. All right. So that's like, it wouldn't surprise me if a team moved up for a Kingsley Suomatea, a 21 year old tackle with those traits. Uh, he was like top now, three. Now, at this point, let, we're basically saying he's going to go after 23. Right. Or Mitchell goes around 22 to a team picking at 22. Right. Right. This is tough. Um, let's talk position depth, right? Position scarcity. Uh, Quinion Mitchell, potentially, potentially the first or second corner off the board. Kingsley Suomatea, uh, you know, anywhere, anywhere from, like from the, the third, third to, to the seventh, third to the sixth right. or seventh tackle off the board. Um, and so if you're talking pure numbers, uh, you feel like Mitchell probably has the better chance to go early. Uh, is the the senior Toledo corner going to go ahead of the 21 year old BYU Penny Sewell's cousin uh, offensive tackle. This is a tough one. I will take this one from the Eagles perspective. Okay. I like Quinn Mitchell. I think he's, I think he's awesome from what I've seen. He's been awesome, but I would be surprised if given his history, Howie Roseman uses a first round pick on a senior corner from a smaller school from the Mac. Yep. So I'll, I will move on with uh, Sue Matea. Uh, and then finally in the Sweet 16, Cedric Gray, the UNC linebacker in round five, or Bo Nix in round two. They're not taking Bo Nix in round two. So Cedric Gray? Cedric Gray makes it to the Elite Eight. Wow. 
All right. I, I told you I, I told you I'd do the favor of Bonix not making it. So we're going to go Cedric Gray. Okay. Chris Braswell, round two, or Devondre, Tavondre Sweat, round two. I will take this one as well. I, I, if they're using a second-round pick on a defensive lineman, I just think it's so much more likely to be an edge than an interior player. And even like team agnostic from my point of view, like I would say it's more likely Braswell went in round two than, than sweat. I could say like, you know, a team could fall in love with a, with a Tavondre sweat, especially with all the accolades this year. Um, you know, cause the, the film was good. Uh, and that can be a skill set that's hard to find. If he goes and he shots the combine, like he could go 28th overall. And that wouldn't be surprising. Okay. Now this one is very fun. Okay. And you can, you, you don't have to be about the Eagles, but you know, Stoutland's, preferences he's looking for outliers we've got a head-to-head talisa fuaga versus tyler guyton round one you don't have to say who you think would be the pick but who is a who is more in the style of a stoutland type player yeah i mean we've heard we've heard jeff stoutland say like he looks to the 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 unusual right um yeah the guys that have those unique traits uh and i think that tyler guyton uh has the, the the traits are there more so with him than with fuaga uh Fuaga is a better player right now. Like you got to, you got to play tomorrow. Uh, you want Fuaga. Um, you want to play you know, who's the better tackle three years from now. Uh, you're probably having a different discussion. Um, and you could argue either way in that discussion, by the way. Um, yeah. Me personally, based off my purely, my ev- evaluation too, I, I would have Guyton uh, personally. So I, I, I'm going to go Guyton. He would be higher on your board. Yes. Me okay. personally. All right, Roman Wilson round two or Michael Hall round two? I got to go Michael Hall round two. Uh, and again, I think there's a chance that he could go one, but I think it's a better chance that he would be round two guy. Okay, and then Sua Matea round one trade down or Cedric Gray round five. I think we got to go right, Sua let's, Matea. Let's move Kingsley on and we'll, uh, we'll save that discussion for another day. Okay, final four. Congratulations to all the wow. participants. Chris Braswell round two, the Alabama edge or Tyler Guyton. Round one. I think you go with the variants of Braswell. Like he, he could, he's the kind of athlete that could tear it up next month in Indy um, and could climb his way into round one. Uh, so let's go with uh, Kingsley moving on. All right. No, uh, Guyton. This is Guyton. Oh, and then yeah. That's the other side is Michael Hall round two against Sue Ooh, Matea. Man. 23 to 32. I think Kingsley is a round one guy. I, I know that he he's not universal. By the way, like he's not universally seen that way. Um, he was not in Jeremiah's top fifty. That's what I mean. Like, he's he is not universally seen that way. So this could just be me, you know, uh, you know, uh, being crazy. But um, I'm going to go Kingsley round one uh, over Michael Hall round two. Well, that would lead us to believe that we've got we got a head to head Tyler Guyton Kingsley Suomatea. Wow. It feels to me like this is Tyler Guyton. Does he does he make it to twenty two overall? Is he is he yeah, too that talented? Is, that is the question. To be a sit there at twenty two, and take him, or does he rise too much, and Sua Matea becomes more likely because at twenty two you don't have a ton of mid round volume. You can add some picks. You move down four spots and take him instead. Uh, for the for the record, Daniel Jeremiah did his first round mock draft uh, last week. His first one, uh, the pick for the Eagles at twenty two was Tyler Guyton. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, Kingsley was not uh, in that mock draft. And he, you said he was not in the top, his top 50 that came I out. I don't believe week. he was in the top 50. Yeah. I would I mean, right he, now, I would, if I had, if I had, uh, you were saying an over under at 21 yeah. and a half for where Tyler Guyton goes, I would bet yep. on him going sooner than that. Yeah. I think just because of the traits. But 
if he's there, boy, does that feel like an Eagles pick. Now, are we sticking with the Kingsley trade down? Yes. So is more like is, is Guyton more likely to be there than King than a Kingsley trade down? This is this is what the, this is what you get paid the big bucks for. This is what it's all about. This is the championship. This is why these two teams have made it this far. The good thing is, is that if if we whatever we decide on here, uh, we could just get into a time machine and come back and change our pick later. <laughs> what would you um, use the time machine for, friend? I'd probably like change some uh, change some opinions on some players coming out. Maybe like a quarterback from Texas Tech, or uh, you know, like uh, you know, or a Nathan uh, Peterman. What's that? Yeah, there's a Peterman. long list of uh, of ones that I would change. Um, uh, here's my take. Yeah, I going? think somebody was. Uh, did I say this on the show or just in conversation with somebody? Uh, I think it was Robert Mays who tweeted that like uh, the Patrick Mahomes pick like is like the second best draft pick in nfl history right I'm, I'm assuming he's thinking tom brady i think it's a much better pick than tom brady that you know, I, I mean yeah like value wise but if you think he's tom brady you don't wait until round six obviously unless like, you're bill polian and then you, they you, passed you, on him a bunch of times right. i think having the cojones to trade up for patrick mahomes and believe in your evaluation yes i think that's the best pick in nfl no history. question yeah i would agree i would agree with that it doesn't help me with this. Uh, with it's this like saying, like, like the the Eagles Jason Kelsey pick, great pick, but lucky. Sure. Like, I would say that like Lane was a better pick, or Fletcher right. Cox was a better pick. Right. Right. Yeah. You, there's a difference between like best pick and like most valuable pick. Yes. Like, uh, yes. You're getting the best value. Um. All right. I feel like Guyton's probably the chalk answer, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that if you're looking at Kingsley, uh, there's the variance of opinions on it. I, and it's not just, a, you know, oh, he's not in Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. Uh, I know there are others that say like, oh, like, you know, Fran, you're you're really high on Kingsley. Like, I, and I am. Um, so let's, uh, and I, while I do think like he's going to go first round when it's all said and done, just because of the traits and the profile, uh, I think Guyton is the more surefire lock uh, for the first round. So let's go with, uh, let's go with Guyton. Right. Not Jalen. In the great tradition of Garrett Bradbury, and I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I can't ago. remember who the second one was either. Uh, we congratulate Tyler Guyton on winning the Quackatology. I don't believe that we have ever had a Senior Bowl Quackatology winner end up being an Eagles pick, but we'll see if Tyler Guyton or Jalen Guyton or AJ Guyton can, you know, buck the trend. What is behind you? Good question. <laughs> it does look it looks like my hair right yeah I look like a Dr. Seuss like, character. throughout the show i have no idea what I look that like a dr seuss character yeah. yeah you look like you're from whoville nice little plant yeah <laughs> uh yeah so there you go well thank you fran what a, what a delight you. what a pleasure well yeah, it was uh it's always fun uh and you know, look it's uh this is one of the best weeks of the year I, I love coming to the senior bowl um you know the obviously it's it's for good reason that we were not here uh last year with the eagles going to the super bowl uh so i missed two in the in the last 11 years 12 years julia nicely done a feather in the cap fantastic wow, very very good um no, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great week. So we got one, we got one more practice tomorrow on Thursday, uh, flying back home on Friday, and uh, yeah, getting ready for Indianapolis. Boy, will your arms be tired? Yeah, well, I'll, maybe I'll stop by your uh, your Airbnb and pick up some of those feathers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Fran Duffy, where can uh, where can everybody read you, watch you, 
listen to you, smell you. Uh, the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Uh, that's where we've been doing, uh, obviously, all Eagles talk, but then also uh, all of our draft conversations. We'll be doing that uh, over on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Uh, so get that wherever podcasts can be found. And uh, we'll see if I do some uh, some written work. Uh, it'll be over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And uh, at EaglesXOs on Twitter. Of course. Well, Cannot forget. Uh, Zach will be back in the saddle with Handsome Rich tomorrow at noon. Look forward to that. Uh, and then Zach and I back together on Friday, maybe with a special guest. Uh, we'll efforting on that front. Exciting stuff. Thank you to everybody for listening and watching. Uh, remember to rate and review and subscribe and all that good stuff. Hit the like button. Keep this uh, episode, you know, in a, in a tab on a different window and revisit it in a couple months. We'll see how it goes. And that's all we got. So thank you to Julia. Thank you to everybody else. Thank you to Brenna. Shout out to Brenna. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast for Fran and Zach and Rich and Julia and Brenna. We, uh, we appreciate it. And as always, we love you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa.